to Unread the Magics, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Ask about our silver and gold member perks. Oh, silver and gold. You know, those are pretty boring metals. Could we go with like aluminum and osmium or something? Well, um, if you could explain in terms of the perks why we're naming it aluminum and osmium, then sure. Okay, explain in terms of the perks why they're called silver and gold. Cause, I don't know, silver is just considered to be more valuable than gold. Osmium's more valuable than aluminum. Okay, but why those two specifically? Because they're much cooler metals. Okay, well, we'll, we'll think about it. If we ever get perks. Will we think about it? That's a very good question. (laughs) We probably won't. There there will be no members, guys. (laughs) Most certainly won't. It kind of depends on, uh, you know, the membership, though. That one, you know, maybe eventually, if we actually get people, you know, who want that. But uh, probably not. (laughs) No, even if you all email us and say, please make members... That we'll be like, ah, we'll think about it. It's if a lot of everybody who <laughs> listened to this episode sent us an email along those lines, I think. If know. all, even if all seventy to thirty of you send us emails, I don't think that it'll be worth the work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hi everyone. My name is Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternal Source, um, and I, I currently just finished like a two and a half day exam cram weekend course thing that's melted my brain and I'm a little bit odd right now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Atheo, author of uh, Rune and Metagame and um, that Rune side story that I'm currently working on and has a placeholder name but should have like a real name uh, one of these days. Most of it's pre-written but getting the, uh, the name is a little bit more difficult, you know? Have you ever named a work and, like, tried to make that name, like, fit on multiple levels at the same time? Um, other than making, uh, Fantasia a very dumb pun, no. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure that Fantasia is even, like, multiple levels. What's the second level? Well, one is just, it falls within the genericism of the way I name things in the story, which is part of the joke. But that's like, it's like part of the same joke is the, is the issue here. We gotta have two different jokes, and then it can work. It is two different jokes. One is like, oh, how generic, a fantasy game named Fantasia. And then the second one is, actually, it's a really bad pun. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't expecting that, were you? You thought it was a bad pun, but in fact, it was even worse. No, maybe something generically doesn't make it a pun, it just makes it generic. Well, I mean, fantasy, uh, Fantasia. That's not a pun, that's just I mean, it kind of is, depending on what you consider a pun. I could consider a pun a play on words. It is a play on words. It's not a play on words! It's the word fantasy with the Y replaced with an A, and then you stick an A at the end. Yeah, that's not that's not a play on words. That's just changing the suffix because English. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose. But other than that, all of my stories are named very much as they are in a very basic way and it's not deep, so please don't analyze the titles for extra meaning. <laughs> if you don't analyze my titles for extra meaning, I'd be a little uh, I'd be a little offended. <laughs> yeah, well, 
You gotta analyze everything for extra meaning with you. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but, like, Metagame had a working title before its current title, uh, while it was still working on an early version of the project, and that title was bad and only fit on two levels, where this one... Mm. This one uh, is uh, three different levels, and if some, anybody can point out all three, I will applaud you lightly. And that's all you get. <laughs> uh, most of the time where people start misunderstanding my writing is where they assume there are more levels and then start interpreting, and it's like, actually, I, I, I meant what I literally wrote. Please, please stop. You're going in weird directions here. <laughs> Where I tend to do the, I meant what I literally wrote, but there's like two more layers here, and if you don't see them, then nothing's going to make sense from this point onward. Yeah. Which is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's easier to count on your readers to not read into it than to, to read into it. I only get like the occasional stray sheep who likes to dive into conspiracy land. <laughs> is it really a conspiracy if I've been right every time? Uh, no, you haven't. I, I haven't. Absolutely not. I've been right most of the time, but not every time. Not every time. That that would be real creepy. That would be... Then there'd be a separate conspiracy as to, like, stop reading my brain. <laughs> I have to start wearing an aluminum foil hat. <laughs> aluminum foil. There we go. That's why we're doing aluminum level membership. Uh, Bought it back around. Anyway. For the extra security... Uh, <laughs> future. <laughs> Anyway, this week, uh, I believe that uh, it's my idea. And honestly, I've been thinking about it, you know, coming up on this uh, recording session. And at first I was like, oh, I have an idea for a contemporary romance again. And then I'm like, wait, that's honing in on Eunice's territory again. Yeah, we've done a... How many have we done so far? I think we've done four. And I think two of them have been my ideas. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Um, and then I was sort of like, well, that's not really where I want to go. And then I had an idea for a fantasy series, and then I realized that, if anything, it was a writing rehash of a book that nobody's ever heard of. And then I was like, oh, that's not very good either. And then, because I was on a journey, I realized, why don't we just do a journey? Right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, instead, what what I'm settling on is essentially, like, I want to build out sort of a Lord of the Rings-esque travel uh, for different reasons. Okay. And obviously different characters and different themes. So, I mean, primarily, I guess, would be the distinction of, like, do we even want it to be fantasy or do we just want to mess with it and make it be, like, something super weird for no reason? Uh, Like, what genre would it be if it weren't fantasy? Well, I could definitely do this in sci-fi. I could do this in, like, um... I could do this in, like, a historical-ish setting, if I really wanted. Let's not... Yeah, let's not make it, like, historical, because then we'd have to get details right. (laughs) I could get details right. A lot of them, off the top of my head, even. Yeah, but... You know... You could do an alternate history, too, you know? That also works. Then you could build the entire thing into a time travel plot if you really wanted. Oh no. <laughs> oh, are we gonna do a journey through time instead of space? No, I'm messing <laughs> with you because I know that you hate time travel plots. 
As long as you don't loop around and start saying things about causality, it's fine. If you're doing time travel, but your time travel doesn't overlap with your other time travel, then frankly, you're not doing time travel. You're just doing space travel by a different name. Uh, I guess. If you just have to go through different eras and collect artifacts or whatever, that's fine. It's space travel, but by a different name. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that. If, you, if you're if just like, oh, let's get on our spaceship that can travel at 0.99 the speed of light. And then get to the next era. It's more like, <laughs> my opinion on time travel is that if it can be replaced by a teleporter, don't do time travel. Going to a literal different era of history can't really be replaced by a teleporter. That's setting dressing. That doesn't count. Unless unless you're doing like a theme with it or like an actual commentary on the differences between the eras, it's set dressing. I mean, you know, I would probably do that as one of my ways of uh, sneaking in some education to my readers, even though they came for the fun. <laughs> That's an option. I mean, if we really wanted, we could do this whole journey thing as a uh, sneaky education thing. Do the whole Journey of the West deal. Okay, let's let's do that. I, I love educating people against their will. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what are we going to educate people on against their will? That's the real question here. Uh... And we want to pick a broad theme so that we can come up with, you know, sub-lessons inside of this on the travel. Biology? <laughs> Biology. You have to choose the one area where you're going to be advantaged over me. Damn well, you, I mean, I mean, if we, <laughs> like you know, I'm lazy. I don't like research when I when I write. I just like sneak in things that I know. <laughs> so I see. I we're, see. We're stuck with chemistry and biology. <laughs> I mean, you know, chemistry would have been fun. Bye. Let's go on a journey of chemistry fun. Nope, nope. You chose biology. That's what we're doing. All right. Okay. <laughs> now, first question, I guess, is not first question. Uh, first thing that we need to decide is like the the impetus for the journey. And I'm thinking that we just choose something fairly simple and fairly like accessible. Like, uh, maybe our main character got, I don't know, got got paid to take this, like, box that they're told there's something living in, but they're not allowed to open the box to an alternate, uh, place. Is there actually a unicorn in there? I mean, there could be. We, we have complete freedom as to what's in the box. Okay, well... If we really wanted, it could be a metaphor in the box, and that would be enough. As long as it's not a cat, they may or may not be dead. Because um, that, that's, that's physics. <laughs> that's, a, that's a metaphor. <laughs> you just described a metaphor in a box. That's, I don't, that's what I was saying. I don't want to carry a metaphor in a box. There should be an animal in there. <laughs> I mean, it can be both an animal and a metaphor. Thing can be oh, two no. things. Oh, no. Okay, but as long as it's more of an animal than a metaphor... <laughs> <laughs> really, how can one decide whether something is more animal or more metaphor without experiencing <laughs> the true reality of both in the intertwined nature of I'm literally just bullshitting? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense since 
you decide by how pretentious the writing is. <laughs> That's literally how you decide. <laughs> is okay. it though? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> what if it's my writing though, and I like ground it like super heavily, and it's like, oh, it's a literal cat, but like the cat was a metaphor the entire time. And like, if you don't get that, then the story's like, why the fuck did you bring this cat so far? Then it's a half-half cat, half-metaphor. <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. Um, so, there's a mysterious animal in a box. I'm sure it has... It has, um... It gives clues as to what it is, based on what you can... Well, that's what the journey is about, you know? Like, as you travel, the different things that suddenly the box, like, needs, like, drive... Our, our main character to experiment with the box and figure out what's inside the box and that's driving the experience of the learning and that's how we trick them into learning again it's a it's a journey into the it's a journey to the west uh you know analogish here where like the learning is motivated by the thing that you're carrying but the learning is also the thing that you're carrying okay so this person is a delivery worker uh, for a company that prides itself on will deliver anything and everything in pristine condition whether it needs to stay at like liquid nitrogen temperatures or it's a delicate animal that needs to stay alive this time it's a delicate animal that needs to stay alive and cannot accelerate beyond a certain uh, speed that makes it so that um, going any faster than on a bike is just not in the cards because you know if there's an emergency and you need to break then it'll die and uh the company also promises you know full security and uh i don't know about full security but discretion yeah so then they charge astronomical prices but somebody has paid for this box to be sent somebody has paid for this box to get somewhere else how far are we going on this journey? It's a metaphorical journey. It doesn't necessarily need a determinate length. Well, I mean, metaphorically, it, it can be a short journey or a long journey. It's probably like a medium to long length journey. Okay. Um, and uh, so, so somebody has said, has brought this box to the to the delivery center along with a set of instructions as to temperature food, water, and acceleration, humidity requirements, and said, don't look in the box. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bunch of like lights and stuff on the box that um, have specific instructions that can only be unlocked by like looking at the light patterns and using them to just decipher the code or whatever. Or, or maybe there's just instructions that have been left out on the way and, they, and our uh, delivery person keeps finding them and getting angry at whoever assigned them to this job because seriously, what the hell? The box does give further instructions as necessary based on its uh, sensory monitoring of the animal inside. <laughs> All right, our first instruction, let's say that it has something to do with uh, heat and we need to, I don't know, bleed off some heat from the box, but it's like too hot outside. <laughs> so we do a chemistry lesson. Because unfortunately, there's no uh, there's no freezers that we can take along the way, and we're gonna be uh, you know too far away from 
civilization to uh, just, you know, stick it in the freezer every once in a while. We're going low tech here, right? <laughs> yeah, well, not low tech necessarily, so much as low electricity. Okay, uh, are we deciding what's in the box? Because <laughs> I, I was going to decide what's in the box, like, right as we reach the end, but, like, if we want to actually decide what's in the box, that's also an option. I mean, if we don't know what's in the box, then none of my biology, like, knowledge will help. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, if we want to give the actual clues as to what's in the box in terms of its temperature, food, and whatever humidity needs. I mean, I wouldn't consider those to be clues for an average reader so much as literal, like, instructions on what's in the box. But, or is it like the box does a lot of its own regulation, so then you don't get those clues? <laughs> I would think it's kind of like in the middle of the two. Like the box definitely does some regulation, but not all of it. Or are we gonna make up a, an animal that's not real but follows some of the <laughs> biology that <laughs> real animals do? I mean, that's absolutely on the table, and I think might be actually the best option here. Okay, let's say there's a unicorn in the box. Sure, it's a tiny unicorn. It's a miniature, it's like a, the miniature horse version of a unicorn. Except it's even smaller than that. Fits in a dog crate. <laughs> there we go. That's a very small horse. Like, I, I literally saw some miniature horses, like, less than a couple of weeks ago, and... They, they could fit into a large dog crate. A very large dog crate, and they wouldn't be that comfortable. Maybe it's a it's it's a baby horse, <laughs> unicorn. It's a baby miniature unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's uh, very valuable because uh, you know it took a lot of selective breeding <laughs> to get the unicorns to that size. I would think that genetic modification is a little bit more. <laughs> the speed of what's going on here, or I don't. Maybe that's why it's valuable. There's a lot of a lot of effort went into creating this individual, and uh, they're delivering it to whoever ordered it from the company that does the genetic modification. <laughs> or maybe even just no another location from the same company. Okay, so, uh, you know, it's an it's an herbivore, I think. Which... Probably, unless you go back to, like, really old uh, myths, and in which case it eats meat. Is it just, like, a horse that was genetically modified to produce a horn? <laughs> I was thinking that we could do a little bit more than that, but... Are we gonna give it cloven hooves? Yeah, and um, an aversion to acceleration beyond a certain degree. Maybe it was part of the miniaturization process. Well, you know, they gotta stay on their feet. You can't just knock them over. They don't like that. Yeah. Brittle bones. Uh, and, you know, miniature horses, they have all of the inbreeding problems associated with inbreeding. Don't worry about it. Uh, the floor here is, in fact, made out of floor. Um, I assume the main character will eventually see it, and it's incredibly cute. <laughs> Probably when they open the box at the end. There's a unicorn in the box. <laughs> sure. It's an orphan. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I mean, kind of. 
It doesn't really have parents, but it doesn't really not have because parents. they're dead. It just because you know it's a test tube. It's a test tube unicorn. <laughs> yeah, but like even more than that, like it doesn't even have like a like a. I mean, I guess it could have like a surrogate mother, but like that would be weird because a uh, miniature horse is probably not built for giving birth to something with a horn. Although it may not have the horn as it's being born. Yeah, I assume it's born with without a horn or with just a little stubby, and then the horn grows. That probably makes a lot more sense now that I'm that thinking about it. That makes a lot it. more sense, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think rhinos are, like, born with huge, you know, horns. I could look that up, but I don't really want to. Okay, elephants born without tusks, you know? Okay, there's rhino DNA in there. <laughs> I mean, maybe... But no, it's no. probably—it's definitely mixed with something because rhino horns do not generate in the way that a classic unicorn would. Yeah, I mean, I don't know of any animal that really has a growth out of that particular part of its forehead. Well, that's the—that's the, that's the uh, you know magic gene editing that's going on here. That's why they have so many failures and they're so uh, careful to make sure that this success uh, gets to the location so safely. Yeah, you have to play with the regulatory genes that control cell migration up and down the developing embryo. Among other things, it's actually fairly complicated. Yeah. They essentially had to make a shitload of shots in the dark and get very, very lucky. There was a lot of failed unicorns at the lab. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> we don't talk about it. Oh, man. Okay, so... I assume the delivery person is an experienced animal transporter. Or they have some experience with animal transport, yeah. Maybe not necessarily a lot, but they've they've done it before. Yeah, because this company doesn't take noobs because they're a very expensive service. I mean, if we really wanted to lean into the whole metaphor angle, we could make them an absolute newbie, but like they're being chosen because they have experience with like extraordinarily fragile things. How fragile is this unicorn? <laughs> I don't know. That's... Uh, okay. Maybe it's not even as fragile as they say it is. They just don't trust people to not lie about their uh, willingness to break those uh, regulations by a certain degree. Okay. Let's just say, you know, initially the the, the delivery person thinks... It's just some kind of, you know, expensive purebred or something of a dog based on the size of the crate. Yeah. But then, you know, it's like, wait a minute. This poop does not come from a meat-eating diet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you need to get additional food. And it's like, okay, what do I need to get? And then it's like, there is zero meat or animal products here. This is not a dog. This is not a dog. Okay. What do I hear coming from the box? <laughs> Very little. Occasionally clicks. Are those hooves? Claws? What are we listening for? <laughs> and then we have a whole, you know, sidetrack onto, like, sidetrack tangent about uh, the different kinds of feet. <laughs> and then uh, it has to go stop at a vet on the way. And, it's like, uh, I, I'm sorry, I literally cannot open the box for you to look at it. That would go against the contract. No, no, no. The, the vet is contracted 
to look at the animal, but the delivery guy has to stay outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> and can only listen in curiously. <laughs> um, and then there's specific kinds of medication that are extraordinarily strange, some of which don't even fit a horse. So, you know, you're like, hmm. You know, you're throwing off the uh, throwing off the trail a little bit. Based on the different kinds of DNA we have decided are spliced in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I was gonna say the the delivery guy is just like waiting outside, and it's like I have concluded, based on listening to what's going on in there, that this creature is incredibly cute. <laughs> That's my <laughs> only conclusion. <laughs> Oh, so the vet's just cooing over it or yeah, something? Yeah, it's like, okay. aww, you adorable little. <laughs> becomes even more curious. It's like, I want to see it. It sounds really cute. <laughs> well, I mean, personally, if a vet was cooing over it, I would be like, this is either incredibly cute or like the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, that's also a possibility. <laughs> And then, and then the vet comes out with the box closed back up. It's like, all good! <laughs> Confirmation? The package is good to go. I would tell you what's in the package, but I am not allowed to. Do horses need routine vaccinations? <laughs> um, they need vaccinations? I don't know about how routine they are. And okay. I think it depends on the kind of horse, too. Because um, I only have experience with a couple of very specific kinds. Okay. Well, you know. I do know that they need regular medication in some cases. Especially, like, really young or really old ones. Yeah. Let's just say it got its whatever month checkup, and it was all... Everything was administered. Oh, and the month tells us the age, which is the real uh, benefit of going to the vet. Only if you know the the routine ages of horse checkups. (laughs) Well... Also, the size of it at whatever age is is also relevant. Yeah. It's like, uh, unless you suspect it's a miniature horse, you'll be like, what's in there? (laughs) It's not a horse. It's not a full-size horse, that's for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. And what else? You know, probably needs milk, right? How old is this horse? <laughs> Probably old enough that that's not a requirement. Okay. It's weaned off milk. That's pretty old. It's not that old. Okay. Now I'm trying to figure out how, how you get unicorn milk. <laughs> is it just horse milk? Does it need extra nutrients? It probably <laughs> needs horse milk plus extra nutrients. Okay. Also, that's like three months. That's not that old. Horses stop drinking milk at three months? That would be what I just looked up. Okay. I didn't realize. I mean, humans are particularly slow in development, so you know. Humans, I don't even... There are some people who keep it on for a creepily long time. <laughs> That's true. I'm this is not a medical recommendation, but like, it, I am of the opinion that if children can talk, they should not be nursing. That, that is that is where I draw the line. I'm like, if you can talk, this is getting creepy. <laughs> but that's there's an, no. That's an extraordinarily yeah. arbitrary line that could change extremely depending on the child. I I think you should stop nursing well before, 
like the talking starts. But that is is a not a medically supported opinion. It is <laughs> not medical advice. Okay, it is not medical advice. Uh, I, I don't even disagree with you necessarily. It's just that, like, <laughs> I just find it personally very creepy. Like, if yeah. you can ask for milk, you should not be breastfeeding. <laughs> that is my opinion. <laughs> Solid opinion. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> moving on uh, from that. Uh, what were we saying? Uh, maybe... Maybe the I don't know wouldn't an animal get lonely being all stuck in a box without seeing anyone it absolutely would so it has to have you know times when it can come out <laughs> where the delivery uh, person isn't allowed to see uh, and yeah like but based during... on the location they do have some idea of what could be in there yeah like every couple days they have to stop at a farm or company. <laughs> and it's a different farm every time, and they're very complicated farms with lots of animals. Yes, for mystery. Uh, and what but, you've got to yeah. do is you got to piece together which animals repeat. <laughs> you know, there's dogs and horses and cats. And then cows, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go over which animals appear on a farm. <laughs> Uh, any exotic ones that we want to include on these? Farms? Well, there's going to be exotic ones every time, right? That's that's part of the uh, the mystery and the amazement that that's they, going on here. Uh, antelopes. <laughs> yeah. Deer. <laughs> sure. Things with horns. <laughs> yeah. By the very end, essentially, what we want people to know is, or at least you know, have the ability to theoretically uh discern is that it is very close to a horse but not quite one yes and then in the end it's like ha you couldn't guess because it's a unicorn exactly (laughs) right at the end it doesn't make any sense and you're gonna have to deal with that and that's just frankly how we roll here and then um, the the person who like accepts the delivery like starts nerding out about what a marvel of genetic engineering this creature is. <laughs> Absolutely, and our and, and then our character is pretty much just like, okay, but like, it's very basic to take care of it. Are you just gonna make it more of these? And the the answer is of course, yeah. I mean that's yeah. that's why you had uh, that's why we had to carry it here. Have you seen how cute they are? Do you know what what 11-year-old brat would not beg their parents for this? <laughs> That's why we made it miniature. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, and then, you know, during that, that uh, geeking out, you can just teach everyone about CRISPR-Cas9 and uh, genetic splicing. <laughs> There we go. It's just part of the random dialogue there. <laughs> yeah. You just, just cram just cram an entire like uh, summary of it into one very long run-on sentence. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Doable, but a lot. 
and then you know, like the main character, it completely goes over their head because they're just like, "What do you? Okay, oh, I'm hearing a lot of different species in there. It just doesn't seem right." <laughs> this seems like a setup for something, and I'm not entirely sure what it is or who's getting punked. But but you know, unicorn, very cute. It's like, do you want to see? I have no idea why uh, uh, the the parent company uh, paid for such mystery. <laughs> the answer is, of course, so that our main character did not run off with the unicorn mid-travel. But uh, as soon as it's in the hands of the recipient, it's like, no, no, tell everyone about this. These are going to go commercial in about one year. <laughs> one year would be really quick turnaround. Oh, that's true. Five years would be pretty reasonable. I guess this must be the second unicorn, right? If they're starting a breeding program, at least. It can't just be one. <laughs> I mean, it could be the first. And then you do um, modified cloning techniques. Then, I, I think horses might be WV, but I can't remember. It really would depend. There's, there's an alternate system of sex selection that uses the, the duplicate gene as the males. Yeah, that's ZW. That's stupid. Why? It's X, Y, so you go on one of each side of X and Y instead of W. Okay, but that's gross. Why one on each side instead of just go earlier in the alphabet? It's, uh... Ha! You can't answer. I, I win. We're done. I, you can't <laughs> add, I, I can't answer because I... This is just how somebody chose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm aware. That, that was a... I, I don't know if you realize, but that was an, a claim of I win on something that cannot be won and has no point. Okay, what well, we're talking about? Oh, yeah. Horse sex determination. I'm pretty sure they're XY. It might be XY. I don't know. ZW is more uh, birds. And, right. Uh, birds. Although, and, and, and re reptiles. I mean, birds are technically reptiles. <laughs> the feathers are just reptiles. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that uh, we call chickens oh, dinosaurs. Oh, no. Okay, so, um, I just... <laughs> Googled horse sex XY and got some results that I, I, I need to unsee. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this is why. This is why you don't Google these things. <laughs> Okay, I added chromosome and got the results I wanted. <laughs> I can't oh, believe. No. <laughs> We're gonna have to mark this episode explicit. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. They use the XY chromosome system. <laughs> okay. I find it funny enough, I find it funny that you're, you know, innocent enough when it comes to that, that you would have that issue. <laughs> I mean, what, what, I was just, I just wanted to know about the chromosomes, and, <laughs> and I got things that I wasn't ready for, and let's just move on. <laughs> Okay, um, so... I would have thought that it was obvious that you needed to include chromosome there, but... Mm, maybe not. 
It's fine. It's fine. Well, I've, I've, I probably haven't learned from this mistake and will repeat it in the future. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You're definitely going to repeat a similar mistake. Uh, so we're going to teach teach people about genes and probably veterinary uh, practice apparently <laughs> veterinary practice and horse care uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're probably gonna have to get into the, the, the downsides of inbreeding and homozygous lethal mutations well, I mean, if they're doing specific gene editing, they can work to avoid or nullify parts of that. Yeah. But it's like... It's not going to be 100% successful, and this is an experiment, so... Yeah, you have to know what all the genes do. Which we don't. you can edit them. Yeah, that's... The oh, no, no, no. You can edit them without being aware of what they do. I mean, to edit them with purpose. <laughs> Again, you can edit with purpose. It's just the success I mean, rate is questionable. You know, historically, people are like, "What does this gene do? Let's turn it off and see what horrible things happen." And that's how people determine what genes do. Yeah, uh, there's also the uh, let's inject ninety copies of this and see what happens. It's not. It's usually not ninety. It's usually like two, but. Well, I mean, that's for, like, bacteria. You can't just put 90 copies of a gene onto a mammal and expect anything. You can copy, like, two or three. Sure, but I don't think doubling the number of alleles on it is going to necessarily let you figure out what it does. Sometimes it does, although that's, I think that's primarily, like, plant and bacteria. Yeah, yeah, the knockouts are what they do in mammals, but, you know. Let's all take a minute to appreciate... I guess, it, I guess knockouts would be less likely to be horrifyingly <laughs> lethal, which is a little bit... Uh, uh, I said less likely, not more... Uh, I said less likely, not unlikely, you know? Let's all just uh, take a moment to appreciate and respect the millions of mice that have died or not been born successfully... In the pursuit of science. <laughs> <laughs> a moment of silence for science. Those poor mice, you know, but... Better mice than people, I guess. That That is the ethical reasoning behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. Oh, man. Um... There's also a reason that there's an I guess there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, skipping over all of that and pretending like yeah. it's not a big deal. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't, you might want to skip over the mice in the story if you don't want it to get too dark. <laughs> and where all of the other horses went. Oh boy. They weren't born successfully. Oh, some of them were, you know, but biological disposal. You know, get them euphemisms in there. Oh, we got dark. We got dark. How did this happen? <laughs> well, I'm gonna be honest. I decided that we could go there safely after you said we'd have to mark it as explicit anyway. <laughs> I see, I see. So you're just waiting for us to accidentally go explicit and then... <laughs> exactly! You're catching we're going, on now! We're going dark. Um, 
Whereas I only ever accidentally go explicit. <laughs> it makes things very simple, you know? Oh, man. Um, what other things shall we teach the unsuspecting reader about? I think we kind of have enough here. Oh, let's teach them the difference between a patented technology and a trade secret. First of all, in a lot of places, I don't think it is legal to patent DNA sequences because, you know. That would be disturbing for a variety of reasons. Also, you know. Although I think, I'm pretty sure that in the US you definitely can patent DNA sequencing. No, not the sequencing technology, yes. Not but the sequences themselves. No, no, no. Like the sequence themselves, or at least the, the thing that comes from it. Because I know that some farmers have been sued for having um, parts of genetically modified crops that infest their own crops. Um, and they've been sued for either patent protection or copyright infringement for literally doing nothing. And... W- the farmers lost. Although part of that is the fact that lawsuits often get lost not on merits, but on money. Yeah. I can't remember. The U.S. is a dubious place. Okay. The U.S. is a dystopian wasteland that we call um, a place that works simply because there's enough money there that it would be very difficult to shut them out of anything. Anyway, I live there. Um. (laughs) But um, the point is, patents expire. So if you patent and if you patent something, you have to explain exactly how it works in the patent. Therefore, certain companies such as Coca-Cola have chosen to just keep their formulas a very, very closely guarded secret. So theoretically, if you discovered the formula, you could use it because it's not patented. Yeah, infinite uh, patent. So, you know, unicorn genes. Let's keep it a trade secret. <laughs> there we go. Although I guess you could just buy one and then sequence its genome. I mean, you could always do some like weird gen- genome obfuscation. Although... Genome obfuscation. I mean, you just throw a bunch of useless genes in there that are different from a miniature horse. And are intentionally useless and disabled. I guess you could just sell, sell them with a contract saying that you would never sequence its genome under some harsh penalties if you violate the contract and then keep a very tight surveillance on all the unicorns you sell. Oh, so now we're going into the dystopian reality of drone um, surveillance on every unicorn that exists. I mean, yeah. You gotta keep an eye on where their blood's being sent. Yeah, okay. How about we just not instead? And... <laughs> okay. We'll just end it on a happy delivery of a cute animal. <laughs> exactly. And a discussion with the scientists and then a return back home with uh, vague genetic knowledge. And okay. maybe uh, wanting to pass that on to a friend. And then we zoom out to the passing it on to the friend has been the framing device this entire time. And you were tricked into learning. Haha. Aha. Uh-huh. Kind of like a, a mystery adventure story. It's really not. It's just an adventure story with, like, vague tricking you into learning nonsense. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like people who want to figure out what's in the box might get into it. (laughs) Maybe, but, like, the box is 
The box is a metaphor. <laughs> Wait, what's it a metaphor for? <laughs> the search for discovery. Oh, okay. I see. Come on, you just catch up. <laughs> You're helping write this. <laughs> Figure out your own I'm... metaphors, please. Hey, I don't, I don't have metaphors in my story. I... You do, you just didn't put them there on purpose. Yeah, so if I don't need to put them there on purpose and they just show up, why do I gotta think about them? <laughs> Death of the author, you should be aware that they exist even if you choose not to do so intentionally. Death of the is author, is that a device that I'm not aware of? Oh no, okay, so we're gonna end the podcast there. Um, oh no. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's been a good it's been a good uh, Sunday post is that what we're calling these now no it's not we're not calling that ever anyway <laughs> thanks for listening please rate review on whichever podcasting of choice uh, email us if you want to at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com if you want to be a guest or listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com if you're just listening and want to write something or you know send us some weird talky nonsense about our terrible uh, explanations of biology. You know, if you want to, like, rush off in a comedic fashion, you gotta get better at these eggs. I really do, but, like, I'm not good at exits <laughs> to begin with. And then, like, exit announcements on top of that. It's just layering things I'm bad at. Yeah, but this is, like, what, the second time you attempted this and it's just... I think it's awkward. the third. Because nobody could understand what you're trying to say or hear our email addresses. <laughs> I did I did say both email addresses. I don't think I messed that up. But not what they're for. Yeah, I did. Just in the wrong, like, order, you know. Okay, guys. If you didn't understand that, I guess you could listen to another episode where I say the outro. <laughs> exactly. It's very simple. Uh, but uh, let's just say goodbye. So or you I can, can visit our website and it's right there. So I can look up Death of the Author. <laughs> Okay. Exactly. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>